Hey there, you're listening to Your Golden, a podcast dedicated to helping you see that you are golden just as you are. I'll use every tool and personal story I have to help guide you back to yourself. Blending two seemingly opposing sides is my specialty, so you can expect pragmatism and mysticism, details and exploration, ponderings and answers, clarity and unknowns, and so much more. If I had to sum up the ethos of your golden, it would be summed up by the words of Nobel Peace Prize winner Albert Schweitzer, who once said, The path of awakening is not about becoming who you are, rather it is about unbecoming who you are not. Well, welcome to another episode of Your Golden. Today we have Maggie Domingo. She is a transformational coach who specializes in human design. And I'm having her here to talk about what it's like to be a sacral generator. So welcome, Maggie. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to just, I don't know, have this conversation. And I feel like what you are doing with this series is so important because this was definitely something that I felt very lost in. So I'm excited to kind of just share what my experience has been with it since figuring that out about myself. (laughs) I keep hearing that from other people that, oh man, this would have been so nice to have when I first found human design. Mm -hmm. Like, So yeah, let's just dive in. How would you define or describe the sacral authority? Just, you know, the sacral authority is about your gut and your relationship with your gut. Having that yes or no relationship with it. One thing that I like to say about having your sacral as your authority is it tells you the what is, you know, is it a yes or a no? Maybe it's not right now, but it tells you the what is, but it won't tell you the why or the how. And that's the thing that I got really stuck on previously, kind of before knowing human design and something that I'm still experimenting with and trying to to let go of that because I'm a very kind of rational, logical person. I want to figure out, you know, I'm just very inquisitive about my own self. Why is that the case? Why is that feeling for me? And I've had to really kind of surrender to that. Um, So I would really say that your sacral is about kind of more so knowing in the moment, does whatever was brought to you come to you in your life? You know, is that something that feels more like a yes or a no? But I think it does kind of feel different for everyone. So I can expand on what that feels for me at some point. But yeah, I think it's it's just about letting life come to you and you tapping into that guttural area and figuring out is it a yes? Is it a no? Yeah. Cool. I, I'm glad that you talked specifically about that yes or no, because when you start looking into the, you know, the textbook definitions of sacral authority, that's all you hear is like, yeah, is it a yes or is it a no? And then that is even different for a generator versus a manifesting generator. And it's mm-hmm. often described as generators are more guttural. There's not necessarily verbalization with it. It's just like this, you know, body feeling of towards it or away from it. So can you speak to that a little bit more as just your own personal experience? How does a yes feel and how does a no feel? Yeah, this is something that I I still, like I said before, am experimenting with in my day to day. And I think it really also it's like once you kind of get that nudge of is it a yes or a no, what that ends up feeling like for you, it's kind of like you maybe don't feel it as much for certain things, but you still have that hint of like, oh, it's there. Maybe just, you know, my mind is being too loud or what have you. But I would say for me, when I really do feel like something is a, a full on yes for me, it's 
it's kind of like this uplifting or this like expansion within kind of like my aura essentially because I feel like it comes from out of my body it, it generates from my sacral but I feel like it's very it just kind of expands out from me and it's like oh it's like this lifting like it's mm-hmm. carrying me up versus for me a no feels more like tight in my body and more restrictive and my stomach feels like achy and it's not necessarily something we can always explain why and again that's something that I'm like I shouldn't try to be figuring out why it's just this is a yes or this is a no but I would say those are kind of the main two two differences in it being a yes or a no for me specifically (laughs) so it sounds like it it's incredibly body-based and it's interesting that you reference the aura because we hear so much about generators aura being like an attractive aura yeah. where mm-hmm. it pulls things to them. So it's really interesting then that you can feel that yes, like through your aura, like does mm-hmm. it does it feel like I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I guess <laughs> no, I go feel for it. like like is it does it feel like you're expanding out or Does it just feel like it's pulsating? I think like as you're kind of describing it and as I'm kind of envisioning like, yeah, what is happening outside of my body that with something I can't even necessarily see, I'm just kind of sensing and feeling. It's almost like, you know, that thing comes into my aura, life is coming to me and it reaches a certain point that is still kind of a distance away, but my aura is like, oh yeah, like it's reaching out for it. Like, okay, you're there. Like, let me grab you and actually pull to me and and finish up this yes. Like this is a yes now. Uh, Okay, cool. So what was it like before you had the language of human design? Did did you notice that you had these feelings? I think I'm realizing now more as I reflect back on what that relationship was previously. I think now it's just like, oh, this was kind of my intuition of what I've always been feeling like those little nudges and I used to just kind of call it intuition and now I'm like it's a version of intuition knowing if it's a yes or a no but I think previously before having the context of human design to really help me figure that out and put it more into I don't know just a better context of understanding what that relationship is for me previously it was more of like here's this thing that's happening you know I maybe I've reached a decision and there was just no like test there was no no way to really like confirm you know (laughs) there was no like confirmation of figuring out like uh, uh, how could I even make this better for me the situation better for me so before it was like here's this thing okay I did the thing did it work out did it not yes or no and that was like the only context that you had and I feel like that's how many people probably look at it and so now having human design I feel like that's just it's totally flipped and it's a lot different of a relationship so I guess before there was just not a lot of real thought about it or like like consideration I guess it was just like Mm -hmm. I was letting life happen but I didn't really feel as in control or as in tune with it I guess is probably the better way of saying it I think it was just it's kind of like I, I think it's different for everyone but I was kind of just like more so on autopilot of of you know just kind of like the day to day did it work did it not yes or no okay, I don't know what to do with that information, but I at least know that, you know, and I feel like human design helps you a lot more kind of like with the experiment that should be drawn more from those experiences. So what I'm hearing is that it sounds like prior to human design, very much like you said, autopilot, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like in terms of like knowing if you were on the right track or not, it was more a retrospective thing. So it's like after the thing happened, then you kind of evaluated, was that good for me or was it not? 
And, and so then now with human design, it's more proactive, like kind of more preemptive evaluation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's more of before, if you're going to look at your life as an experiment, it's more like, oh, okay. Like I ran that experiment, but I have nothing to compare it to. I have no way of sensing if this actually really worked for me or not. (laughs) You know, like you're still kind of just very very much left in the dark. And I think now with human design, it's, yeah, like you said, it's just way more proactive. It's being more conscious of just all the things that really are involved so that I can really optimize it so that the next time that I'm in the same situation, I really know how to approach it. That's in a way that's best for me individually. I would love to know if you have any examples, like real life <laughs> examples. I'm going to leave that open-ended, which is not the right thing to do for generators, <laughs> but I am like, going to no, leave no. it slightly <laughs> open-ended. Do you have any life examples prior to the knowledge of human design that you can just like pluck from memory? I remember this thing and it kind of worked, kind of didn't, or maybe it didn't work at all. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the the first thing that comes to mind without me really overthinking it and us being yeah. here forever. Once I had graduated from university, I was still in my student position for that summer and it was kind of like that's the that's the time, you know, the time is ticking. I need to figure out what I'm going to do after this because once the summer is over, I can no longer be in the student position because technically I'm not a student anymore. And within that summer, my superior she was a staff member she retired and i had been working really closely with the department head in in the department that i worked in <clears throat> and he was like hey you know i i know your work ethic i know you're a really great worker this position is going to open up and i think you should apply for it and i was kind of like you know like staying in higher education was not really my goal my background was environmental science and this was more of like a a little bit connected. It was transportation related, but not really where I saw myself going in that industry. And and he was like, but it's opening up. I really think you should apply. And I knew that if I applied for the job, I was going to get it. And so at that point, it was like, how can I turn down a full-time job with benefits right out of college? I just would be dumb to to turn that down that's that security that feels good and it gives me more time to figure out where do I really you know want to go within my career and so I ended up choosing that path and I'd say that path for me worked out well so you know at the time I was kind of like I don't really know if this is something that I I truly want to be doing so maybe that was me not tapping into following what's really lighting me up. It wasn't really lighting me up. It was more so the security. But at that time, I was just going to let that be okay. And again, see where that goes, where that takes me. Maybe it'll open up more things for me. And I actually had a lot of opportunities come out through being in that position. I stayed in that staff position for I think like a year and a half or or maybe even a little bit more. And then a brand new position was actually created. And still within this time, I'm like, I'll be moving back down to San Diego, mom, at the end of this year. I swear, I swear. And I kept just pushing it out. And I was like, I just need to kind of follow through with this and see where it takes me. And because there wasn't like a clear stopping point, even though I kept telling myself at the end of my lease, I'll move back down to San Diego. And I just, I kept following that. I'm just going to stay up here and see where this goes. And then this brand new position opened up within the department that was, it was like a 46% pay increase and it never yeah I know it was like it was wild there were like all these say I was like I don't know how I am in the position to be able to even apply for this but again my department head really loved me and he was like 
if you apply for this, you will get it. And we even like bypassed the interview process, which is like kind of unheard of within that <laughs> that industry. It's like you still have to do things by the book, even though they kind of already know who they're going to hire. I could be like, you know, sharing some things that they don't want me to right now. But so yeah, just like things just really kind of fell in place for me. And I felt... I want to say like, oh, I was so fortunate and just lucky, but I don't really believe in that stuff. I think you really work towards those things and people notice that and then opportunities open for you from there. And so, you know, I ended up staying in that position and that, that was great, learned a lot. And then the pandemic happened and there actually is a full circle moment in this. So there is a point in me saying all this, I'm realizing <laughs> as I'm saying it. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm the pandemic happens and now I'm working from home and I'm like, oh shit, hopefully I can cuss on here. I was yeah. like, I love working from home. I was like, I don't need the social aspect of working in a department or working in an office with all these people. It was like, I I actually really enjoyed everyone that I worked with, which is not normal, you know, but it's like, I didn't really feel like people had problems with me. I didn't really have problems with other people. It was just, everything was just fine. But I was like, but man, do I love working from home. That was so nice. And so I was kind of like, okay, I'm into this lifestyle right now. I mean, everyone kind of was because it was a pandemic, but I was like, it was kind of sparking something in me that I didn't realize was there previously. And as the pandemic happens, you know, I go down to San Diego quite a bit because now I can work from home. So I'm like, oh, I'll work from home, be with my family for an extended amount of time instead of just like, you know, a three-day weekend or something. And it was in the summer of 2020 where I saw an article about becoming a virtual assistant. And I had heard about that before from my boyfriend at the time. And he was like, you should look into this because he just forwarded me some a virtual assistant's profile. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't get it. Like, it's just, it's a no right now. But then I saw that article online and again, something kind of sparked in me and I was like, I'm just going to kind of look into this. Had I not taken that job with my university and then pursued it until I got the, you know, the, the promotional position and then the pandemic happened. And then I saw that article and then pursued VA. It's like, I literally wouldn't be here today. So I feel like that's just a testament that like, Maybe back then, had I been able to know everything about human design and uh, better understand how I operate, maybe I just would have been more certain in my decisions previously instead of just, I don't know, letting life come to me and like making that be okay. But before I could have maybe more so been like, I'm going to be more intentional about letting life come to me and instead of just totally feeling completely lost and be like, I'm just going to see where this takes me. It's like, I think there's a difference between I'm going to let life come to me and see where it takes me versus like, I'm going to do that, but I have like all of these other tools in my back pocket to really understand how I'm going to like move through each of the things that are actually brought to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, is that the window of time where like the start of that window, you didn't know human design. And by the end of that window, you did know human design. Yeah. So I, I ended up finding out. Yeah. I ended up finding out about human design. Sorry, I probably should mention that. I ended okay. up finding out about human design shortly, basically shortly after becoming a virtual assistant. So within like six months of becoming a virtual assistant, I found out about human design and I'm just someone who really loves personal development stuff. I'm always trying to learn more about myself. And I didn't have to know much about human design before I was like, this is something that I want to understand more about when I'm hearing all these other people talk about it. So I'm going to do my own research and then just kind of, you know, fell into it that way, basically, and just was doing it for fun, just trying to, again, learn more about myself. And I did that reading with you. I did a human design reading with another person in the summer before, and it just kind of my fascination with it just grew from there. And and then it became like a really a true passion of mine. And then that's when I ended up realizing like, oh, I want to like help other people do this with their own lives because I didn't even realize that this was a possibility 
for me to reach in this place in my life. And I want to help others be able to reach the same. Yeah. Let's go back to your example then. Because what I want to pick out is that you were walking us through that first position and just the, you should apply for this thing that your boss was telling you. And you said some key words that made me think of your chart. You were saying, I would be dumb to not do this. So the security would be nice yeah. and, and all that. And so what I want to point out about your chart then is that you were pretty open up here. Oh yeah. A lot of your definition <laughs> is bottom of the chart. And your head, your Ajna is open, undefined. I want to point that out because that's a lot of times our experience when we're, when we don't really know exactly what's going on within our, in our bodies Mm -hmm. is that we're like being led astray by all of that openness in our chart. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I just feel like I, yeah. Cause I, I think I only have like three defined centers, three or four maybe. And, and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of uncertainty. You could say just for all the other, (laughs) all the other places, which is something that I'm kind of slowly exploring over time for myself. But I'm like, wow, now I understand just why I feel so lost sometimes, especially Mm -hmm. with my, my G center. That's one that I've really been exploring a lot lately, but it's shed so much light on those areas of my life that, um, I feel more, I feel like my nervous system has calmed down a lot more now that I look more into my, my human design centers. So it's definitely, it's definitely a journey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I share some specifics about the definition in your chart? Please go for it. Okay. So just so listeners are aware, because I find out of these conversations, I've definitely been finding how relevant the definition is in terms of like understanding how our authority works. So yeah, you only have three defined centers. <laughs> I was going to your... say, I was like, four doesn't sound right. It sounds like too yeah, much for me. <laughs> yeah, it's your sacral root and your spleen. So yeah. arguably the most body-based centers. <laughs> <laughs> that is so um, funny. Yeah, yeah. So that would make a lot of sense as to why you can feel yeah, uh, that aura expansion and, and everything that you were describing with your body and and generators are body based. I feel, I yeah. mean, it depends on your definition, of course. If you have some defined centers in your head and things like that, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, generators are typically more of a body based type, mostly because of that sacral. But then, yeah, you have everything in the bottom defined, <laughs> and so yeah, that that open. Actually, let me just clarify here. So the only center you have fully open is the throat. Everything else is, all the other centers are undefined. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the undefined G center, especially (laughs) how it, you know, you have that gate five off of the sacral. So it's always searching for 15, which is in the G center. (laughs) So, so can, can you speak to, you're, you know, navigating your life within the context of like knowing who you are and finding out who you are. So I think it's, I could do kind of like a before and after. So I think prior to learning about human design and understanding what my specific chart was telling me previously, it just felt like a lot of searching, like literal everything that I was experiencing, I was trying to find myself in, you know, what's, what's this like identity that I can 
uh, attached to within whatever, whether it be music or other people or my clothing style, like whatever it may be. It was just, it was all the things I was always searching for that. And specifically, I mean, it's like when I read what the G Center was about, which is like, love, identity, direction. And I was like, wow, the three areas of my life that I feel the most lost in all the time. (laughs) And I am constantly trying to seek those things in everything I do and experience. And so again, before it just looked like a lot of searching and just being so confused about who I am and how, how I'm meant to be taking on my own identity. And It's not that I felt like so lost that I didn't know how to operate in the world, but it was just this always like, like unattained, like unattained, I don't know, like, it's like I can see something out there and it's like, I'm so close to reaching it, but it was just like, it's just always out of grasp. So there was never like this finalized thing. And, you know, I do identify in certain other ways, but it was still like, as a whole, I was like, who am I? Like, who am I here to be? And so that's kind of more of what that journey was prior to learning about human design. And that showed in my business. And I, you and I, I think even talked about it on our call where I was like, I don't want to be a virtual assistant forever. Like, I don't identify as a virtual assistant. This isn't what I want to be doing in the long run. And you were like, you won't. <laughs> you were like, it's always going to be evolving. You're probably never going to do the same thing for a super long time because it's always going to be evolving for you. And I was like, okay, well, thank God. But then that was also hard for me to really come to terms with because I was like, I want to lose more to my human design. I'm like, I want to become a master in something. But the more that I really learn about my human design, I'm like, I'm a generator. Like, I I think the gift of that is like, I get to become a master of myself. And this like, the more that I can do that, the more I can like give and offer to the world, which I think is a really cool kind of like mindset change within that. But so again, like now that I have human design to kind of shed light on the fact that I have this open G center, and I'm, I'm really open to conditioning and again, just like, you know, the wisdom that that center can bring me. I had this like light bulb moment. It was like, it was like a literal switch in my head where I just needed to he- get this validation from my chart and then be like, oh, okay. Like I, I, back to the nervous system, system thing. It was like, okay, just like my shoulders get to relax now. My mind gets to kind of calm a little bit. And it doesn't mean that every day is just super easy now. It just means that when I start to go maybe down certain downward spiral, you know, thinking thoughts and all of those things, it's like I can pull myself out of it a lot quicker because I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm trying to like search for this identity of something or like figure out this direction so that I can like commit to it and whatever. And it's like, I don't need to be doing that though. I'm trying to force something that that's just not natural for me. So it really helps me take a step back and kind of reassess how am I approaching something so that I can start to approach it in a way that's just way more self-serving to me. And when it's more self-serving to me, it can be, again, it's just, it's that ripple effect that I, I love to always say. It's, you know, the more that you can figure out about yourself, the more that you can show others that there's also that possibility for them to, to do the same thing for themselves. And then again, it's just that ripple effect out from there. Mm-hmm. So much wisdom in that. So I feel like what you really shared in there was like your own personal message of like, it sounds like this is kind of what your human design business hinges upon of like, oh, for sure. Let's, <laughs> yeah. you know, fight, let's, let's, let's become masters of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so that, which is super beautiful because, you know, one way of thinking of with business and using your human design in conjunction with that is like selling from your openness and you yeah. being open identity center. Yeah. Like 
yeah, let me teach you about how <laughs> how to know yourself. Yeah. But what I did want to go ahead and, and recap and just state plainly yeah. is that you walked you walked us through a process in which that now that you have this knowledge, what you were doing when you were recognizing that you're in maybe a state of disarray or just like, you mm-hmm. know, your nervous system was getting too heightened. What you were doing was going back to your open and undefined centers and just checking in like, am I trying to do the not yeah. self here? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know that you already know that, but just so that everyone else is aware, like, that is a very helpful process to take yourself through when you're feeling like, I just don't know what way to go. Did mm-hmm. I go the right way? And then especially whenever you're, you're getting in your head about things, you probably <laughs> are an undefined head or Ashna. Not that defined doesn't do that, but there yeah. it does operate in a different way. Okay, cool. Let's go into a little bit of specifics on your chart because you have one channel coming off of your sacral. And that, and you even mentioned it, it's the channel of maturation. I'm wondering, do you notice that channel in your decision-making? Do you notice that there is this pull or push away from starting and finishing something? Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, it is, once I commit to something, I want to definitely see it through, which is why it was so hard for me to leave my my staff job at that university. Because I was like, I just need to see it through and me just quitting doesn't feel right or aligned for me. I I knew that back then. So, but then it was kind of like, okay, well, I know I'm not going to just quit and without like something else already lined up. So I'm like, I guess I'm kind of stuck here forever. And I had to navigate that, you know, within myself, but, but yeah, I really, I want to make sure that before I agree to commit to something that it is something that I I want to see through, you know, because maybe there's times where we make decisions and we don't really care whether we see it through or not, or the thing itself is finished or seen through. But for me, that is is really big. And I, I think it is because like I care so much about what I put my energy and effort towards. That's always been really important to me. I, I really value my own time and energy. And so, yeah, it's like before I agree that this is a yes. And, you know, if my sacral is telling me not just this is a yes, but like, do I have the energy to commit to it? It's really important for me to to keep that in mind as I am making, making those decisions. Some people are here to start things. Some people are here to finish yes. things. Some people are here to do it all. And when you have that channel defined, yeah, there is there is definitely that energy present of being the starter and the finisher. I think that that's the way that you described it makes it seem very clear that your sacral will guide you to do things that you you have the energy to do you know take something Mm -hmm. to its end even if maybe like it's not completely fulfilled so it sounds like um then you you are in opportunities and situations for an amount of time that maybe like the whole amount of time isn't super fulfilling or satisfying or lighting you up. And which is, of course, like that's being a human, we all go through those times. But the story that you described definitely showed us how, at least for you and your particular design, how that's not quote unquote incorrect. Like it was actually really helpful for you to go through that full process Mm -hmm. of, you know, being in an opportunity or being in a situation that was like, eh, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I don't really love this. I know I'm not going to be here forever, but also you could see there was a purpose to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's really what it, for me, what that decision essentially comes down to is like, is it worth it for me to stick this out all the way through? If, even if maybe already going into it, I'm now, I know like, this isn't like the big, like this isn't fully lighting me up but I can see where this can go and the potential within it. And is that worth it to me to continue? Which I feel like could maybe get a little confusing for someone who has sacral authority because it's like, well, okay, is it a yes or is it a no? And we can always try to convince ourselves one way or the other. And I think I think your mind just kind of naturally going to do that. And it's important to understand your own relationship with your your priorities. And for me, at that time, my priority was being able to make a living. And I really liked the area that I was in. And I, I loved all my friends that I had made in college. So I was like, I want to stay here. So that and that like that, I think that's what it was. It was like, there's this other thing that's lighting me up. And this job offer helps me continue that. And mm. I think that was probably the basis of why I was like, I can see the potential in me choosing to work here after I graduate. So I'm going to stick this through. And and then at that point, it was kind of like, you know, where is this going to take me? I'll let life kind of just take me around and I'll see where it goes, goes from there. And obviously it ended up really well in my eyes. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's the the difference is understanding your own priorities and and is something actually worth it to you or not. But that's that's such a big conversation for, I think, individually, you know, for a person. <laughs> yeah. It is. So then let's take it back to just just the the um, next of the chart, because what you're speaking about is how your own personal chart works. Saying for you, Maggie Domingo, it was actually really good to stick something out even beyond maybe that satisfying feeling is like, the worst thing for maybe other generators oh, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't who don't have that channel. So which is so which is so juicy because there's <laughs> there's <sighs> there's so much in our like space that we're in that the spiritual space or their you know self development self help etc. And particularly human design when you just look at human design in blanket statements, it can really sound like oh you're not happy okay do something else. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like especially with a generator as you're here to be <laughs> satisfied all the time. Yes. But, you know, in your own life, that wasn't actually the move. And, and I would say that it's more due to the fact of that's how you're defined. So if you're listening to this, watching this, and you don't have the channel of maturation, which is gate 42 and gate 53 connected together between the sacral and the root. And then especially if you have just one of those gates and not the other, I would challenge yourself to not necessarily take this advice because this can be very conditioning to you mm -hmm. if, if you have this open in your chart. Because what it can do is make you feel like, oh, I have to do that because this other person does. And, and that's what the openness does in our chart is like, we want, we want that openness filled. And what's happening right now is we're filling that for you. So if you're feeling like I have to do that, pause this and, and ask your, yourself that question. Like, is it actually necessary for me to finish these things? Is it actually important for me to ride something out all the way through? So I just wanted to throw that in there because 
I think that's one of my personal hangups on, and I would love, really love to hear your opinion on this as you are a human design practitioner as well, is one of my hangups with human design is just the, the very delicate walk that I feel like I have to do sometimes with talking about these things because not everything is for everyone. And so what I would hate to do is accidentally condition you into something or make you feel bad for something. Um, I actually, I, I noticed that in the way that you show up on social media and within your podcast, that's something that you are very just aware of. And I really respect that. And I, and I also literally, when I see you doing that and and I, I get those little like glimmers of it throughout your content. It always makes me, it gives me the opportunity to self-reflect and figure out like, what are my thoughts on how she is, is educating the audience about that and keeping that in mind for them. And I feel like for me, what I, I not that I take the opposite stance at all, but I think with human design, it's very, it can go so many different ways for you individually. And, and then it's like, on top of that, you have the person has all of their conditioning that they're also trying to navigate and their mind is just infiltrating all of it, you know, from either side. And for me, I think it's really important, or at least what I like to keep in mind is that just because I am telling you something and it's like, don't ever take my word for being like put on a, pe- you know, it's like, I, I, I don't know One, I'm kind of like rambling, but what I like to say is like, I don't like to put anyone on a pedestal. I don't think anyone is better than me. I don't think anyone is worse than me because I think when you start to put someone on a pedestal and idolize them in that way, you can start to take anything and everything that they say for just truth. And you're like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to like lean into that. And it can get really tricky when you start to talk about human design, because there can be a lot of, you know, generalizations within, you know, a certain type or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that might be true for your type, you know, but there could be other things within your chart that maybe make it not truthful for you. And I think that's when it, it kind of goes around to self-leadership and self-responsibility. And it's your responsibility as an individual hearing those things and hearing conversations like this for them to look at their chart and figure out those things for themselves and experiment with them and really assess like, am I just being fed something and I'm taking it for the truth? Or am I diving into this a little bit more and kind of having like that sovereignty in in whatever the context is and whatever the situation is? So I think that's really important that you that you noted that. Well, first of all, thank you for the, for the reflections. I wasn't expecting that. It's, it's so fun when a projector gets seen by somebody else. <laughs> My dad's a projector. So it's like, I play with that a lot with him and it's really, yeah. it's really cool to see him like just light up and like be really yeah. appreciative. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really amazing feeling. So, so thank you for giving me that gift. Thank you for also just like speaking to that in general. I also want to reflect on the fact that of course, two, five lines, <laughs> are speaking in this way like please don't put us on a pedestal that yeah. we are not going to be able to attain because you think we're something that we're not yeah <laughs> oh, oh that's, yeah, that's so great. funny all right so all right so let's bring it down a bit because all of that was getting really heady at which I very much appreciate but I want to bring it back to that sacral authority and yeah. And kind of do a callback to the whole yes or no and and how I've been asking you some open-ended questions as opposed to yes and no questions. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Do you find that it is important to think of things or to be asked things with a yes or no, like solid yes or no questions? Now that I understand the importance that it could have in my life, since knowing that 
<clears throat> since knowing that I'm a generator, I have used it to my advantage and I do feel the difference in myself because it's it's such a like a basic question, but it's and I feel like it's the example that everyone always uses, but it's like when someone asks you, like when my partner asks me, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, yeah, like, no, not this question again. Like, I don't know what I want to eat. Like, and and he's actually a generator as well. And so I, it's something that we've been experimenting with together where he'll be like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, no, that's not the best question to be asking me. It's, and then, then I'll kind of go back and ask him, like, does Mexican food sound good to you? Does Italian food sound good to you? You know, and I'll kind of go through it like that. So now that I, I know that it's something to experiment with, I definitely feel the difference in the questions in the, when the question is asked to me. And it's kind of, again, it's like, it almost elicits the same feeling in me. So when I get asked to open question, open-ended question, I'm kind of like, there's like this restriction in my body where I'm kind of like, I get tense and I'm like, oh, and when you asked me that question earlier, I was like, oh God. <laughs> and it's not even because like, I don't want to think about it. It's just like, this is going to take me down like a whole thing. And I'm like, do I really want to do that to you or me? I'm like, I don't know, you know, it's, but, but so it's having the yes or no questions. I think it just, it just makes it so much more easy for me to respond versus having those more open-ended questions. There's resistance. And may maybe it's the frustration where I'm just kind of like, okay, it doesn't like, like, why did you have to ask it like that? You know? And so there's all the different ways that you can go about it, but yeah, it, it really does elicit that same feeling for me of getting a yes or no question versus not. It's, it's the like, Ooh, expansive, like yes or no. Yeah. And then it's the open, open-ended question where I'm like, Oh, that's like restrictive. I don't like that. That makes me like recoil. No, no, thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how are you utilizing the yes or no question response? I... I actually did something recently where, not super recently, but recently where I kind of figured out that I wanted to do something in my business. And I was like, this feels really good to me, but I need it to come from outside of me and respond to that from someone else. And so what I actually did was I texted my best friend and I was like, hey, at some point today, can you just ask me whether or not I want to do this thing, you know, whatever. And I don't even remember what it was, but, you know, can you just at some point ask me whether or not I want to do this thing? And he's like, yeah, sure. So day goes by, you know, and then at that point it's out of my head. I'm not really thinking about it anymore. I'm just, I move on, do my thing. And then he sends me the text and it, it, you know, I think the answer was like a no, I, I saw his text and it was like, Hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, no, I don't. And I tried convincing myself that it was a yes for, you know, whatever it was. And I, I felt my mind wanting to justify, like, you should do it. But but I knew I just, it's like, I think it's, it kind of goes back to that intuition feeling where it's like, I knew it was a no. And this happens to me a lot, actually, where I realize that I do know immediately that something is a no. But mm. especially if someone else is involved in that for me to come back so quickly and tell them that it's a no, I'm like, I don't want them to judge me for that, you know, like, cause then they're maybe going to be like, you didn't even think about it you, or you didn't think about it long enough. And, you know, and that's a lot of conditioning too. And it's like, but I didn't, I don't need to think about it long enough. Cause I actually already know, like my sacral already told me and it's like, and this is a no, but I fear that judgment or what might come with that. And so it's like, it makes me maybe want to say yes at times. And I have to, I have to go against that. And I have to actually stay true to myself and be like, no, it's a no. And sometimes there's gentle ways that I could, I could say the no, and there's different, you know, different ways to go about that. But that's, that's something that I realized is something for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it sounds like 
boundaries are incredibly important than like being able to hold the boundary. Yeah, for sure. And I've I've always I've had boundary issues because I'm absolutely a people pleaser for probably several reasons, you know, within my own conditioning and being brought up. And but again, it's like I wouldn't have really realized how much that affects me and can typically bring me down this path of frustration in the end because I didn't essentially just follow what I knew what was actually in my sacral or in my heart, you know, of this was actually originally a no. And I said, yes, and I tried to pursue it and it just led me to frustration. And I have several examples of that where I was like, I should have just said no. And, or, or, you know, maybe the flip, maybe I just, I should have said yes to that. And I didn't because of one reason or another. And then you look back and you're like, "Mm -hmm, yep, well, there's the example where that bit me in the butt, but all I can do is learn from this and keep in mind what, what was I feeling when that decision was in my space to, to respond to and use that in the future to make sure that I'm actually responding again in a way that just is better for me Mm -hmm. individually. It's difficult. (laughs) What does frustration feel like? Frustration for me, I guess, feels like I, like I'm going to get in trouble and it might not even be from someone else. It's like, I'm going to get myself in trouble with my own self (laughs) because it's like, I maybe know that I shouldn't be doing it. Like there's, there's always like this hovering, like you're, you're just going to regret this because you're in this now and, and bodily wise, I feel extremely anxious. That's how frustration actually really manifests itself through me is having like really gnarly stomach problems, (laughs) which probably alludes to my sacral. You might've convinced you in your mind that something is, you're cool, you're calm, you're collected, but then your body reacts a certain way. That happens to me all the time. And now now I know where it's coming from. And I'm like, oh, okay, I thought I was not stressed out about this, but clearly there's something unresolved because my body is reacting in this way or my, you know, my stomach feels this just anxious. Like I feel it in my hands a lot. I need to like shake them out or squeeze them to release it, you know? <laughs> so I guess mm-hmm. that's, that's how frustration kind of manifests itself through me in a couple different ways. Yeah. Hmm. Those are <laughs> such good, like I, I can, it's like, I can feel what that feels like. So I'm glad that you were so articulate with your description. (laughs) So I'm curious, have you ever gone against your sacral response intentionally? Yes, I have actually. So when I really first started getting into human design and understanding like what that relationship was supposed to be for me, I would purposely conduct experiments just like little ones just because it's like I wasn't I didn't want to do it with something so big but just little things where I was like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna choose this and even though I know that like this is not actually what I wanted you know I say I have two options and I'm like oh actually I say there's there's two different things there's a and a b just you know for simplicity a and a b and I'm like oh sacral wants b sacral wants B but I'm like I mean but like but there's A and you know like doing all the convincing yeah I'm doing it in such a dumb example but like you know think about this in terms of like two different options for food or something Uh, and so I'm like ooh, but like A and I try to convince myself and I'm like no B it's B it's B and I'm like okay well I'm just gonna choose I'm gonna purposely choose A in my experiment where I have done this before and I choose A and you know say it's food and whatever it comes out and I'm like yeah I'm eating A right now and why did I do this? Because the food is cold and it's like kind of soggy and, you know, blah, 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 all the reasons. And so I've, I've done that with dumb little things like food and just maybe like order of going to like running errands where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Target first and then my credit union 
and then go get lunch afterwards. And it's like, that's what my sacral wants. But I'm like, no, I'm going to I'm going to go eat food first and then I'm going to go to Target and go to the credit union. But then I realized that when I go to get food, I just waited there for 40 minutes because it was, you know, taking super long when really I could have just trusted, like I could have just gone later and probably wouldn't have waited so long. So I've experimented with it with different little things like that to purposely see like, was would my sacral have been right had I just chose the thing that I actually wanted to and more often than not I'm like yep should have just trusted the sacral again starting off with small things and kind of building up from there but mm-hmm. I mean I have it I have another example that I could give you that's a little bit more like business related that is yeah. maybe more tangible for your audience that was so- my next question <laughs> <laughs> So I I joined a coaching program just earlier in the summer. And before joining the coaching program, I knew I wanted to do a nine centers mini course. I felt so excited about it. I was like, oh, I really love this idea. Like it was really lighting me up and I knew I wanted to do it. And and then joined this coaching program. And he was like, basically really just pushing like, whatever it is you want to be launching, which was my, my, it's no longer a group program, but like my, my one-on-one kind of experience called unearthed i i want i knew i wanted to do that but before i was like i i want to do my nine centers mini course i don't want to just jump into that like i can't necessarily explain it i could try to justify it but i just know i want to do my mini course first and when i joined that coaching program i got kind of persuaded to just dive right in to launching the launching unearthed this one-on-one experience and so i pursued that and i did it and granted you know life is one big experiment so this was an experiment for me and i i could have put in more work there's a lot of things that i could have done to make it more of a bigger more successful in my eyes launch and did it and it wasn't super successful in my eyes and and now I look back and I'm like I should have just done the freaking mini course because that would have been done already at this point it would have been it's a it would have been a low ticket item <laughs> it would have been way more easy and feel really good to sell and it just what I think would have met my audience at like a better place where they're already at and all the things and so <laughs> so that was like more of a recent example where it's like I just finished up my unearthed launch and I was like yeah, I should have just trusted my sacral and just did my freaking mini course. And, mm-hmm. and I would have been at a completely different place and I probably would have felt a lot better and, and all the things. So that's, that's one example. It's yeah. way more recent. Ah, <laughs> uh, you said the word already. And in that description of like this situation that you can really see it, you use the word regret And like, (laughs) you're definitely explaining that feeling of like, I just should have did this other thing. And like such a, that's such a regretful feeling. Yeah. Um, I didn't even, which I didn't even think about as I was telling the story. I was just like telling the story. So I'm glad that you picked up on that. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, that sounds like, uh, you know, at least a really good starting point for for generators, sacral generators in particular to maybe experiment with that feeling of, of that regretful feeling, like knowing that there was this other thing that I really Mm -hmm. wanted to do instead, or that I saw instead, or it it also kind of sounds like, and and this is still kind of on the same coin there, but it just sounds like whatever you're into that was actually in quote unquote incorrect. There's always like this, you're thinking about the other thing. Yes. That was the other option. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. For you know, for me at least, it's it's just like if there's still that, if it's still coming to me when I'm not even trying to think about it, I don't want to be thinking about it. I've already chosen the other thing. I don't want to think about it, and it still kind of comes back to me. And then at the end of that little conducted experiment, I'm like, 
yeah, I should have just, cause I, I haven't let that go yet. Like that, that was the yes, but I followed mm-hmm. this no. And now I know, <laughs> you know, for the future or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, Maggie, this has been awesome. I just feel like this is such a good solid introduction for anyone who is just finding out that they're a sacral generator. So to close it out, I would love to know, do you have any advice for people finding sacral authority for the first time? I I mean, it kind of goes back to what we just talked about. I would find those little things that you can experiment with that you don't have like so much skin in the game. It's not like buying a new car. Like you're not going to, don't, don't test it like right off the bat, like buying a new car or should you move out of your parents' house and like, you don't have to do big things to test it out. Those are kind of the more like I like to categorize them as like, are they short-term experiments or more long-term experience? Like my business, my life, those are long-term experiments and I'm conducting smaller experiments, short-term ones within all of those. So I say start small. You can start, I mean, I just personally, my little experiments are conducted with food because one, I really love food. And, but two, it's like, that's something that I know I can experiment with every single day. I'm eating food every single day. So you can start off with that. Think of like hobbies. Like maybe you have a hobby where it's, maybe you make jewelry, you make bracelets and, you know, necklaces and something like that. And then you go to the store and you're like, do I want this color of bead or do I want this style of bead? It just, just little things like that. Where again, it's like, you don't have a lot of skin in the game, but you can still kind of carry out that short-term experiment and just see how it goes and then build on top of it from there. I That's, that's really what I would say for sacral authority is start small and then work your way up. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for this awesome convo. I'm so glad that you're here. Please share how can we find you and what what would we be finding you for? Ooh, okay. I love that question. First of all, thank you so much for bringing me on. This has been such an amazing, fun conversation. And I really hope that your audience does see the value in, I mean, especially for those who are sacral authority and just running that experiment. But yeah, so people can find me at my podcast. It's just the Maggie Domingo podcast. You can find it on pretty much anywhere that you stream your podcasts, as well as on Instagram. I am just Maggie M. Domingo. So Maggie, the letter M. Domingo. You can find me on there. And I'm so sorry. What was your last question? Why what? are we why are we searching for you? <laughs> what what are we going to find when we find you? <laughs> right now I'm really kind of going through a a big shift in my business because as I'm kind of conducting my own, I've been so into like the experiment idea lately. I think it's really where I want to head my business because I think it's such a great, cool concept when you have the t- a tool like human design to help you with it. So right now I'm kind of doing a big revamp and what I really want to do is meet people where they're at. And I think right now I really like to cater to people who are just starting to get into human design. So people who are listening to this and just getting into it, I would really love to help you kind of navigate that journey. So just my offers going out are going to be, there will be something for you based on any part of your journey that you are on at that current time. And I would love to help you just kind of move through that and optimize it in the best way that you can. (laughs) Beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Golden. If you enjoyed what you heard, I invite you to submit a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, you can either leave me a message on Anchor, shoot me a DM on Instagram, or send me an email. Just tap on the show notes for links to all three contact methods. 
And last but not least, please don't forget, you're golden. <laughs>